There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's BudPod145. One, One, four, five. Time to thrive <laughs> and time to strive. Yes. For it is New Year. Ah. New Year, new pod. New Year, new pod. Bud Pod's slimming down. Uh, yes. <laughs> How would we slim down? We we use we use fewer fat words. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fewer vowels. We're only going to use consonants from now on. Hard, firm um, consonants. Mm-hmm. We're we're going on the co- we're going on the consonant diet <laughs> for the podcast. It should real slim the podcast right down. It should half the play times. Yep. Yep. Uh, thin, thin, thin part. Thin part. <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolution, Philippe? Yeah, my New Year's resolution is to be more organized, less distracted. And I'm getting there. I I, I became too addicted to online chess. <laughs> too addicted. And I'm... I'm easing it out. I'm I'm closing off all the games that I'm I've got going with people like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sending out the message on on the chat function on the chess app saying, um, I just like to tell you that this will be my last game for a while, <laughs> just so people don't take it personally when I don't respond to their challenge afterwards. <laughs> so I'm just finishing off, tying up the loose ends, finishing off the games, and I'm just taking a break from it. I'm just trying to remove all the dopamine delivery systems that i've gone addicted to i've taken a couple of social media apps off my phone oh that's a good idea yeah i'm just trying to fucking focus baby i'm trying to stick to a task at a time i because what i've started doing is i've started like starting a job then when it starts to get tough i drop it and start another job and in the end you just waste time so i'm not trying Mm -hmm. to i'm trying to focus on jobs and get jobs done get one job done then move on to the next job. One job at a time. Way. Focus. Focus is my news resolution. Okay. How about you? Well, well, I, well, I have. First of all, I have questions. I have questions, Phil. Oh. Yeah. I have inquiries. Um, first of all, I would like to say how amazingly sinister it would be if I was playing chess with someone who I didn't know, and they said, "This may be my last game for some time." my first thought would be that you were dying and my second thought would be prison or like running away or something yeah yeah i've got to go hide from the chess mafia yes yeah they're a big like a big bishop (laughs) they've got me in check and i need to keep moving (laughs) before they mate me um (laughs) what (laughs) And 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 second, so my, that was that was a comment, and this is my question: <laughs> what, what what sign or signal did you receive from yourself, the world, that made you stop and think, "This is too much chess now"? 
What changed? Because you've been, you've 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 been uh, uh, da- uh, um, dallying, dancing, dancing with chess for a while now. I'm going to try and talk about it as if it's a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dabbling, that's what I mean. You've been dabbling, you've been playing chess in alleyways with strangers, things like that. Yeah, yeah, reusing dirty chess boards. <laughs> um, <laughs> which you really shouldn't do. <laughs> um, buying street chess, buying chess cut, ch- chess sets cut with checker pieces. Yeah. Pierre, <laughs> you know, oh, no. you know when you have to pretend, you pretend that, that, Checker flat checker piece as a rook. Uh, oh no no no! It's then, a low moment. Uh, that, that, that's bad. That's not good for your system. Uh, th- I think it was just an accumulative realization that it, it was using up a lot of my time. The realization was that how much my mood was affected by chess because yeah. I'm not a very competitive person, but I value my intellect very highly, and so. If I lose at something which has a bearing on my intellect, that it, it sends me down a spiral of self-hatred, <laughs> which is just like a knock-on to the rest of my day. Because yeah. then I feel like, I sh- why do I, should I even bother writing a script if I'm <laughs> dumb enough to get mated on the back rank? There's, there's nothing, um, you know, nothing worse to be mated on the bank, being mated on the back rank. Um, you feel like a stupid little monkey when you get mated on the back rank <laughs> basically for the for people who don't play chess that's essentially when you get mated just simply with a rook because you've left your king unprotected yeah. at the back but also behind a wall of pawns you can't get past yeah and all you have to do is move a pawn and you have an escape route but so you when you get mated like that it feels like someone's opened up your asshole and put inside a toilet brush and it's just like in a bad thrusting way. it up and down in a bad in way. a bad way Sorry, it's no. like a dirty brush yeah um so and and so then after losing game of chess i'd be like oh, i'm stupid i'm still a piece of shit i should just lie down and die why should i even bother trying to do anything else and so and then i'd, I'd have to go well I, I can continue my day if i recover enough self-esteem by eventually winning a game of chess so then, and this is like, it's a gambler's fallacy, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's the same, it's the same cognitive device that this thing is playing off of. And so I, just, I would just then keep playing games until I would eventually win. And by the time I eventually won, it could have been an hour, an hour and a half yes. that I'd lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you're just sort of thinking yeah. like, well, I, I, I lost that game of chess because I was only half concentrating on it or I was unlucky, but... But now I'm going to put an enormous the whole the weight of my whole day on this next game, and so the stress of that <laughs> and feeling kind of hot and upset that will make me play even better. <laughs> now that I feel hot yeah. and 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 I feel like I'm in a rush, I'll be even smarter now. It, it, it's yeah, it's the emotional <laughs> equivalent of of like going all in putting your house on the next hand of cards like just putting your entire self-worth onto the next game because you're yeah. saying to yourself i'm putting everything into this one i think i i remember it might have been norm mcdonald talking about gambling addiction because you know he lost everything several times mm. and he was saying something about how someone asked him like well why why do you go broke why don't you just lose half a million dollars and still have half a million dollars out of your million you know and he said there is something about reaching zero that's a huge relief 
Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it can't get any lower than that and you're done and you can finally stop and it's not a question anymore. Yeah. And yeah, I, the decision's been made for you. You yeah. have to stop now. Yeah, exactly. You I, literally can't keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I find that um, uh, I resign quite early in some chess games because I'm losing and I'm bored of the puzzle. I'm bored of it because it's been like days. Right. And it's not like a new board. It's just like, a, oh, this old stuck bishop again. And you just go, I'm not, I'm so, I'm bored of this game in particular and it's not going well. And I don't think I can summon the energy to keep playing at all. Never mind so much energy that I can somehow turn this around like some sort of amazing coup. <laughs> so you, I just, yeah. I just kind of go, bleh, and it sort of, if you imagine like, <laughs> If Barney Gumble was playing chess on his phone and he just kind of let it collapse out of his flopping hand, like that, <laughs> like that rose in the gutter <laughs> in his film. Yeah, that's how I. Don't cry for me. <laughs> I'm already dead. <laughs> yeah. That's how I no, give up yeah. on chess games. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because I. It's hard to explain because. If you're listening to this and you think we sound ill, I mean, we might very well be ill, but but in our defense, listeners, our jobs require us to have the optimistic creative energy to write a big long script or a big proposal or a load of jokes, hundreds of jokes, um, completely without payment in advance or any kind of promise that anything will ever happen with it. So we're not getting paid to do it. And no one's asked us to do it. That's right. And most fatally, in private. Yes. We have complete privacy. We don't have a boss or even a room of colleagues to be looking over our shoulder. We can, be, we can look at any... We can, we can watch fucking porn yeah. during our work time if you want. And no one's going to catch us. No one. And if they caught us, they wouldn't care. <laughs> there would be no consequences and no one would care because no one inherently wants what we're making (laughs) it would be like walking into the town square and just screaming suddenly at all the townsfolk who don't know who you are well there won't be any more rice pudding this weekend no one knew you were doing it no one wanted any (laughs) you were on your own in your flat just stirring rice pudding and you got angry with it (laughs) The, the lack of you producing it and putting it out to, into the world that changes nothing for anyone else. It doesn't matter. Whereas if, at least if you're like an accountant or something, you have clients, there's companies, you've got to file things, taxes, there's consequences, you could go to prison if you fuck it up. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and me are just sat in a room. I think, I think lockdown and everyone having to work from home has given people an unprecedented level of empathy with freelance creatives like you and me yeah so it's long last finally a little understanding all these people suddenly going god it, it, it it's so hard to do anything when it doesn't matter when you get up and no one really checks in on you and it's like yes yes exactly <laughs> thank you yeah yes that's why i haven't won an oscar yet i've been trying to tell you guys <laughs> how hard it is that's why comedians go weird because they're it's it's just you're in this like f- you're free floating in like a salt water tank you know you're not attached to anything oh yes just occasionally twitching like 
like some scientists are doing an experiment on you with tubes coming out of your mouth. Yeah, flo- yeah, yeah, with a, with a big um, mask <laughs> with a tube coming out. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, just hundreds of comedians in a row in these lit up tubes, and a guy in a lab coat saying, "You know, take a look at my collection." Do you ever find yourself in the mental or emotional state where you're watching a sci-fi movie like that, like I don't know, Minority Report or whatever, and all the Matrix, and they're just human beings hooked up in a jelly solution yeah. in a tank with tubes coming out of them, and they're just sort of floating there in suspended animation, and you just think, "Oh, that that'd be lovely right now. <laughs> I'd love a bit of that. That looks." brilliant just for a week how do i sign up for the jelly tank yeah how, <laughs> how long can i be in the jelly tank for does anyone do any scientists need a guy to be in a jelly tank for a bit <laughs> i'll sign the waivers i'll sign whatever you need so they can't arrest you if if it sweetens the deal if someone who's not supposed to be looking at my jelly tank taps on the lid i can suddenly open my eyes in a frightening way <laughs> <laughs> would, that, would that would that help you? Let me let me in. Let me in the sweet tank. <laughs> yeah, let me in. Let me in the tank. Let me, yeah, just just let me in. <laughs> that would be. I really hope that that's the new Matrix film. It's just millions of those humans all dressed in like cyberpunk gear, just hammering on the roof of those tanks, going, "This is shit. <laughs> let me back in. <laughs> let me in the tank. I want to go back to bed." <laughs> I don't want to have a rave in a cave anymore with Morpheus. I don't want it. It's, co- <laughs> it's cold and I have to hand weave all my clothes from some sort of hessian. It's no good. <laughs> it's fucking shit out here. It's, there's no sun. There's literally no sun. Chess addiction is on the rise in the UK. This year, 17,100 men will lose their entire afternoon playing consecutive five-minute blitz games on their phone standing up in the kitchen. Jebethy is one such man. We have distorted his voice to protect you from hearing his shit voice. It started off as just a fun little distraction, a quick game of chess between posting memes on the Doctor Who subreddit. But soon I became addicted, losing a hundred chess games in a day, only to go to bed swearing into my pillow, having not had a shower. All I thought about all day was chess, playing chess, and losing chess, and where the next chess game was going to come from. It was the last thing I needed in my life. I mean, my name's already Jebethy. But with your help, we here at Checkmate can help young men like Jebethy. With a donation of only £18,000 a month, we can find Jebethy a less addictive and more socially acceptable pastime than online chess, like crack cocaine or flashing strangers in the park. With Checkmate's help, I can finally live a normal life again, doing what I really love painting small figurines of Animorphs mid-transformation. Do you remember Animorphs? They were a book series about teenagers who could change into animals. On the front was like a sort of like illustration of a teenage boy turning into a salamander or something. I, I paint figurines of the middle bit, the half boy, half salamander point in the transformation. I, I literally can't 
stop painting these things. And it's all because of Checkmate's help. And your help. Together, we can help men like Jebethy. Together, we can say Checkmate to chess addiction. Thank you. Thank you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Maybe you, maybe you should do an immersion tank, you know, the, the salt water... The floaty tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be your dream. I've, I've, I've had a couple of MRIs, mm. which are the closest experience to that, so I think. And it's really scary going into an MRI because you're going in there for 45 minutes to an hour yeah, um, or an hour and a quarter. And, um, and you can't come out. Uh, and and you, you have to stay still. And just have kind of you. You can listen to the radio, but you, you mainly just have your thoughts. And you know, it's, it, you go you go through a lot. And you think about a lot of stuff, and it's not bad. It's quite pleasant. Yeah. See, I I've done uh, not, it's like a little holiday. I've I've done that, but not not for as long. But I I always find it odd when people are like, "Oh, it's so terrifying," and 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 I sort of think, "Well, yeah, it's a nice little break." That's what meditation is. We should we should become. Um, like Jerry Seinfeld and David Lynch are transcendental meditation enthusiasts, Phil. Did you know that? Yes, I think I did. Maybe yes, we can yes. become weird like uh, arts industry meditation hippies. That could be our way out of this chess hellhole we find ourselves in. What is the transcendental part of me- transcendental meditation? What are you transcending? I think you're trying to transcend your your our current plane of existence or something to be above it through it i'm not sure and it's only when you're above it and through it that you can make observations i think about so. wait waiters at coffee at coffee shops 
<laughs> to the degree that, to the level of Jerry Seinfeld. Look, before he... he he can make the observations he has made because he's trans, he's like he's lifted off the ground and looked down on the earth and his body. He's literally he's been able to Yeah. He's observing. What is the deal <laughs> with ice cream? And he his his sort of Mind spirits flies down to an ice cream store, and he just sort of floats there like a ghost of Christmas past. And he just like looks around, <laughs> taking notes. Yeah, maybe that's how he does it. That's how he writes his stand. Absolutely, yeah. And it, you know, he he suddenly he wakes up <gasps> and he quickly writes down. It's it's ice cold, but you have some people chew it. He quickly writes that down. Who are these? <laughs> who are these people who chew their ice cream? Who are these people? You're chewing. It's too cold. That's why he does a sort of slightly shouty bit because he's trying. He still thinks he's in the <laughs> meditation dimension, and he has to shout through the membrane of consciousness yeah. to the people in the living world. Yeah. Why do people do it? He's trying to shoot. He does sound a bit like a ghost. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would love. Uh, I would love to be offered uh, a red or a blue pill to leave the matrix by Jerry. <laughs> sure, you could take the blue pill. <laughs> it would all go away. He's doing it like that, like you're an idiot for not taking it. <laughs> God, he's so rich. Uh, I want to be that rich. Please make me that rich. He's richer than Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney's sinisterly rich. May I remind all the podboys to please join our Patreon? I think we should get us there eventually. A couple more tat whis- a couple more tat whisperers, and I think we'll be there. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Then we'll be able to meditate all we want. We'll be so in touch with ourselves. Um, I'm just trying to. F- I just looked up the history of transcendental meditation, and like so many interesting hippie things, it just was invented, or some guy kind of came up with it in the fifties. Yeah, all this shit is surprisingly young. Like yoga is very young. Yoga is maybe maybe is it like is even a century old yoga? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really it's not it's not some ancient practice. It's it's very it's very it's a very recent uh, invention. Yoga, Re- relatively speaking. Yes, modern yoga, early modern yoga. Yeah, nineteenth century. Oh, right, right, right. I don't really know. But it's like a spiritual practice, I think, rather than. Yeah, it's it's um all the druid stuff. It was made up in the fifties, really. All that Alistair Crowley Stonehenge shit. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, well, it's something about the fifties. Everyone just sort of went. Well, but the druids really existed. All that stuff. The druids did exist, know. but like um, when people are like, "Oh, the druids were like this," and that's why the Celts were like this, and it's they're, they're like describing mm. events that were like nine hundred years apart or more, like. Speaking of Pierre, for Christmas I got a copy of the book um, uh, uh, The English and the History. Ooh, is this the one you sent me that photo by, of? Yes, by Robert Toombs. And it's a thick boy. T H I C C B O I. A thick boy of a book. It's so long. I think, I think all in all, is with indexes and everything, it's like a thousand pages. But it's, I'm, I'm slowly re- getting through the first chapter. And it's great. I, I love English history. I'm learning so much. 
unplugging so much of the gap to my knowledge. Like just the basic shit that I never learned because I didn't do history here. What was the I best study history here? What was the best uh, plugs you found so far? Anything? The best plugs are is like it was Romans and then Anglo-Saxons. Yes. Which d- doesn't really compute in my. You always think of Romans were quite recent because yeah. of how modern they were, but they were before the Anglo-Saxons. The Anglo-Saxons came after them. That's which I didn't know. That's the thing that people leave out because they just sort of everyone just goes Rome, 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 boopy doo, um, William the Conqueror. Yeah, that's that's what. Yep. I, 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 sorry, I said that's that's why I did. I was interested to do the degree I did because. They would just go like, um, and the Romans conquered the British and they kind of became Romano-British, a bit of a synergy mm-hmm. there, and then the Romans had to leave. And then 900 years later, well, 700 years later, uh, some Normans conquered some Anglo-Saxons. You go, well, what the f-? Neither of yeah. those people were yeah, mentioned yeah. just now. <laughs> yeah, and I've just got to um, William the Conqueror in 1066 and all that I didn't know anything about. And now I've plugged that very large gap in my uh-huh. my knowledge it's good stuff and and like harold the second who was who, who lost to william the conqueror was a last ever anglo-saxon king and all that sort of stuff i just i didn't know i just i there were these were just sort of load of white guy names floating about that <laughs> i so william is different from harold he's from a different place where is he from <laughs> Yeah, and just how much like flitting, flitting between France and here there were people just jumping between here and France all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everyone just kind of get got all mixed up together. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's good stuff. That's the thing. Soon you'll be able to tell a, a Norman name from an Anglo-Saxon name. Yes, 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 yes. A vital well, skill. Harold is a Harold's the Danish name, I think. Um. Do you know the Vikings? The, during the entire over the entire period of the Vikings, the inf- the influx of population to England was possibly the largest the largest influx of a population until the twentieth century. Yeah, it was like the largest change of population until the twentieth century. That sounds about right because I mean, after the all the sort of Norse settlements and stuff, and the Dane law and so on. All that it really happened was a few Huguenots, Flemish weavers, kind of got stuck in London and South Wales. Flem will get stuck. Flem will get stuck. Flem will get stuck. Flem yeah. will get stuck. That's how I remember. That's how I remember that the Flemish <laughs> got stuck in London. Is that the Flem? Flem's the Flem gets stuck. That's because you've always thought of London as England's throat, isn't it, Phil? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. You've always said that. It's the bit that. So spits on the rest of the world and, eats, and swallows up eats all, everything. all the goodies. Yum, 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 yum. All the <laughs> Chinese and Russian investment. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> That's not a bad metaphor. London is this horrible old big mouth. <laughs> um, um, well, I had, a, I've, you know, I've just had a quite an English history couple of days. On New Year's Day, me and my girlfriend, on a whim, went to a National Trust property. Because that's the age... I'm at now. Very That's nice. the kind of thing I do on a whim. But it wasn't just any National Trust property, Pierre. It was Sutton Hoo <gasps> in Suffolk. You went to Sutton. You went to Sutton Hoo. Sutton Hoo went to it. Sutton Hoo. I did. Sp- I did to Sutton. <laughs> I went to Sutton Hoo. The spiritual home of the study of the Anglo-Saxons. Yeah, and 
made famous by the recent Netflix movie The Dig. Yes, with yes. Ray yes. Fiennes. It's very. It's a very fun movie. And yeah, so the for Sun Who is where this incredible discovery is made in the thirties. The thirty, yeah, right before the start of the Second World War, they discovered um, Raidwald, Anglo-Saxon king of East Anglia, buried with his enormous ship just in the middle of a field in Suffolk. Yep, yep. And all these incredible gold artifacts and beautiful things. Uh, that the Anglo-Saxons had and had to, it changed how we thought about Anglo-Saxons. We realized they were a civilization with rituals and artifacts and craftspeople. Um, and trade, there, there were things they found there from Byzantine. There were, there were a couple of things there from Sri Lanka originally. It's, it's, it was, it's a mess. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? How everyone, everyone sort of says like, oh, well, the world's become more globalized. And it's like, well, stuff always traveled a long way. It's just that it's faster now. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you also always think about, and I guess it's a kind of thing that <clears throat> modern nationalists, especially white English nationalists, you know, they like to think of the Anglo-Saxons and the old English race as this insular self-dependent race that didn't have anything to do with the rest of the world. But they were trading with Sri Lanka, you know, they were going all the way down to the Middle East, you know, this Oh, yeah. I mean, we've always been a global nation. Gleefully. And like, there was no concept of nation. You were just a guy who can talk to some other guys more easily than some other guys. There were peoples, but this whole nation, I mean, it's such a shame because so much of the study of that period is marred by that kind of nonsense politics. And then you end up with like the Anglo-Saxon journal, which is just like a purely academic journal having to like you know release a statement saying please don't please don't post on our fucking facebook wall about a bunch of fucking nazi conspiracy theory stuff or (laughs) it's very it's very hard to to you need to look very quiet and nice and nerdy to get away with being a scholar of runes phil yeah, yeah. <laughs> if a mus if a muscly guy said he's really into runes, yeah. I'd I'd ruin the other way, Pierre. That's where I'd ruin. <laughs> I'd ruin in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, he's got some Nazi thing. Good, yeah. I'd, for sure. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd do. I'd ruin away, and then you'd hit a big drum <laughs> on stage, Burp, blow a little horn. <laughs> yeah you can't look but anything all... like a biker you'd have to look the opposite <laughs> highly recommend this uh, Sutton Hoo um, National Trust property it's great there's a great little museum nearby where they have a couple of the artifacts mm-hmm. some really cool bits and pieces and they have uh, the best bit of the whole museum a self-produced historical video from the time <laughs> of of an old Anglo-Saxon lady talking to a young Anglo-Saxon girl yep. who are cleaning up King Raidwald's jewels for his burial, and and sort of the, it's the equivalent of uh, an intergenerational fight, but in Anglo-Saxon days, and the young girl's going, the Frankish trade trader told me about a new Christ God. When I die, I will go to the Christ God. And the older woman goes, You shame your true gods! <laughs> it's great stuff. It's real kitchen sink drama, but yeah, over King Raidwald's silver helmet. <laughs> it's always um, difficult to make something informative with when all the dialogue has to be like... Um, 
you know. Well, let's hope that that Mr. Hitler who was recently elected in Germany will... <laughs> As if like, that's how we all talk all the time. Like, <laughs> just standing around going like, well, now that COVID's over and the Taliban have taken Kabul, then perhaps we shall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone talking Everybody like fucking NPCs standing on street corners talking to anyone who walks by. <laughs> Also, the way the younger girl kept talking about the Frankish trader made me think, ah, she's definitely fucking the Frankish <laughs> trader. I felt like that was the subtext of the whole five-minute long film. Yeah, well, at the one point, the well, Frankish trader this and Frankish trader that. <laughs> Why don't you just marry the Frankish trader and his Christ God if you love him so much? <laughs> uh-huh. I do like that of anything which is supposed to be like pagan times. They always have to call him the Christ God or like the Nazarene. <laughs> or like uh, Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that would have been the only... The, yeah, the single... Just the one God. How how sparse. How Spartan to have just the one God. The one God with, with all the powers. So it's, it's like uh, no more Justice League, just Superman. Yeah, they're trying to consolidate all your religion into one guy. Streamline. Is the original bit of streamlining technology? <laughs> yeah, they just go, look, you, you're going to have to have a big debate about who to dedicate the temple to. Just get, put it all in a one guy. It was, it was the cloud, basically, yeah. for the Anglo-Saxon period. <laughs> yeah. Just put it all in the cloud. Just Don't save it, it on thumb disks. And worship hard drives. Just put it all in one cloud. Well, that's um, that's why uh, I was just thinking about. It. In the end, you still have to have like the Trinity, right? You still have to have three. Um, but that's three and one, Phil, and that is why the symbol of Saint Patrick is the shamrock, is the clover. Ah, because he convinced a pagan Irish king of how the Trinity. He was like, "Well, how can you have three and one?" And he showed him a clover where there were three leaves on one stalk. And he was saying, you know, like this, basically. Oh, I see. That's a very Irish story. That's, I mean, the most <laughs> Irish story I've ever heard. And then they drank a glass of Guinness to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and this king basically went, oh, right. We're all Christian then. Done. Done deal. <laughs> What's next? Next on the agenda, please. People were, like, quite quite up for becoming christian back then they were a lot keener than they are now i'd say for sure how the hell what would you say patrick was english which i i didn't realize he was romano english uh romano romano british so he was probably romano british probably a a, a romanized briton so a sort of a cosmopolitan uh, welshman kind of Yes, yes. But don't tell um, America that. Uh, they, they also they 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 say um because the Americans often pronounce their T's as D's. They they often write St. Patrick's Day as St. Patty's Day as in a patty of beef. And that has always really irritated me. <laughs> patty. St. Patty's Day. Yeah, but St. because Patty's then Patty and Patty right. are just the same sound, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sort it out. If any Americans listening, tell your fellow countrymen to stop with the whole Patty's Day thing. Just cut it out. Cut it out. Okay. 
cut it out. This is an educational podcast now about the early medieval period. So get on board. Get on board. Um, and uh, shall we do some correspondence, Phil? The Frankish trader might have got in touch. <laughs> he might have. Although I have, have we listened to your New Year's resolution, resolution yet? I feel like we've oh, just done mine. That's true. That's true, actually. Um, to be honest, my New Year's resolution is uh, sort of the same as my goals were before. <laughs> it's just sort of generally mm. keep keep trying to reduce my sheer girth. Um, <laughs> that's a big goal of mine. Um, and uh, oh, I need to. Well, I mean, a reason that where I I was empathizing with your need for focus, Phil, is that. Um, I'm going to be releasing my special soon, my my special that we recorded in early September. It's taken a, a yes. little while, but it's coming, it's a coming. And I'm just trying to cut out little get, little clips, trailers, things like that. So that's something I need to focus on. And it's uh, it's anyone listening who's ever had to listen to their own voice will know that that's bad enough. But why not try listening to your own voice and watching your own jokes? Oh, again and again and again. Oh. And looking at your own face. Oh. And noticing the many, many things you did wrong, both orally and visually. Yeah. Yeah. Not so that's fun. that's been my private hell for the last couple of days slash this morning. So keep an eye out, Podbuds, and, and when the time comes, I expect you to to share that special as, as widely as a Frankish trader spreads the word of christ <laughs> with his big old frankish peen <laughs> um yeah reduce my reduce the girth increase the work rate phil um yeah um survive just generally survive survive another bloody year another bloody year mate <laughs> um Yes, that's pretty much it, really. Just just try and get something done, for goodness sake. Yeah, it would be lovely to get something done. Imagine getting something Absolutely finished. Brilliant. That'd be so nice. Just, what would you do afterwards? I don't even know. I, I would think I would just ascend. <laughs> you just float up into the sky like... <laughs> yeah. Like Jerry Seinfeld meditating. Just that's right, like him... <laughs> Like Jerry, when he's on one of his trips, I would just whoop, I would just fly into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. All right, well, there, there is something that we can do, Phil, and that is read some emails. Yes, please. Let's find them. Ring letters. Correspondence. Let's find him. Some New Year's correspondence. Mm-hmm. The first correspondence of 2022. That is right. That is right. And it's from Sylvie. Old school. Sylvie. I like Sylvie. 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 Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. Sylvie, please kill me. Mm. Um, so Sylvie says, dear Pudbods, that's good. Pudbods, ah, because, because, because of our girth. Our bodies are like pudding, Phil. Yeah, Pudbods, I like Pudbods. Too much pudding. Yeah, and very Christmassy, very Christmassy, I like it. Yes. Um, 
Dear Pudbods, please see the attached photo of my hospital canteen egg and cress sandwich packaging. Is Grandma Caveman <laughs> at it again? I only hope I ate it hard enough. Yours heartburnally, Sylvie. Oh, I mean, a hospital can cafeteria's packaging is ground zero for Grandma Caveman. Yeah. It's like classic hosp- hospital canteen, uh, like cheap motel. Yeah. Uh, student bar, maybe? M- must have a lot of Grandma Caveman. Well, so this, this egg and cress sandwich is called... Um, there's a lot going on. It's a busy package, um, but not so busy that it would cost too much to make. That would be mad. Yeah. So uh, sideways on the package at one point, it just says, ready, set, eat. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, um, which is interesting. I don't know if, by the way, if at any point any of this is supposed to be like the name of the brand or a motto or if it's just... No. They've just spaffed it on the They're just trying packaging. to throw on as many words as possible to make their packaging like appropriate and relevant to as many eating settings as they can. So presumably yeah. Ready, Set, Eat is if they ever want to cater like a sandwich eating competition in Texas. Yes, yes, or the Olympics. They've got Ready, Set, Eat on there. Or the Olympics. I've been petitioning for the event to be added to the Olympics for years now. I think I'm getting there. <laughs> well, it's in the Commonwealth Games, so that's a good step. Yes. You know. Yeah. That's a promising development <laughs> for sure. Ready, set, eat. And then it says, um, in big letters, it just says, slice of life. <laughs> and then sideways next to that, it just says, love at first bite. Slice of life, love at first bite. Ready, set, eat. <laughs> what are they in different fonts? Um, yes, they are, Phil. Yes, they are. Different colors. Uh, it's all uh, in a variation between, I would say, forest green and lime green. Lovely, mm-hmm. lovely, clashy stuff. Clashy, clashy stuff. Uh, slice of life is in a sort of cowboy sign font. <laughs> Um, the rest is oh, all you don't see too many of those. Yeah, sort of the comic sans of of the of the Wild West. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Whenever a cowboy would see a sign written in that font, he'd go, "Oh, come on now!" <laughs> he'd say, "Tarnation!" He'd be furious. He'd go, "What are you, basic bitch?" And he'd uh, <laughs> he'd shoot the sign painter. And then the, the thing that Sylvia was referring to then underneath says, play hard, comma, eat harder. Wow. Okay. I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's all very pro-eating, isn't it? It's all very pro... <laughs> it's all very much eat whatever is in this. Look, I don't, I, I don't want to pretend to you, Phil, that it's some sort of coincidence that this sandwich company is pretty pro-eating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're in the pocket of Big Eat. Yeah. <laughs> Something tells me they might not quite be neutral on this matter. Hmm? <laughs> uh, Play well, hard, Might there be harder. a vested interest in them promoting an eating lifestyle? Or I think there might be. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, and if I was to eat, I wonder what they'd like me to eat. Methinks the sandwich in this package? <laughs> 
It reminds me also of those, you know, those uh, pizza boxes or like chicken boxes you get from a chicken shop where it's uh, they've got boxes, but they're not successful enough to have their own brand boxes yet. Yeah, some mysterious just boxes that just says "tasty hot chicken" (laughs) or like your or just your favorite pizza, just written on the front, and there's like a clip art Italian chef on it. Yes, exactly from some mysterious central box depot. Yeah, it caters to everyone. Um, your favorite? What pizza company? What pizza brand is this? Why it's your favorite pizza brand? Of course. What do you mean? What more do you need to know? This like, is your favorite pizza. Like someone trying to trick someone. And which and which pizza is this you're feeding me? It's your favorite, right? But which one? <laughs> the one you prefer, of course. Just open it. <laughs> open the box. Play hard. Eat harder, Phil. <laughs> I don't know how you eat harder. I don't know how you eat hard, much less how you eat even harder than that. Just with really big bites, like <laughs> biting down really hard. Yeah. Yeah, with rage, with fury. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, in talking of, just you reminded me with the whole thing of like your favorite, like wonderful chicken. Uh, funniest takeaway name I laugh every time I walk past on the way to the gig in Bristol uh, at the Hen and Chicken Um, shout out to that gig it's an excellent gig if you live in Bristol there's a Chinese takeaway on the road from the station to that gig and the Chinese takeaway is just called Red Hot Goodies (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing even Chinese about the name it's just Red Hot Goodies I like that. I like that. No Golden Dragon Mm-mm. or Lotus Palace here. No. Red Hot Goodies. Too hot. They want to, to assimilate. Yeah. <laughs> they, they want to become British. Exactly. This is why this isn't Chinese food. These are Red Hot Goodies. These are just goodies. They could be from anywhere. They're just goodies. From the Red Hot Army. They're Red Hot. Um. Oh, we've got a uh, an email from Ricky from Seattle. Wow, wow. Ricky from Seattle. Ricky from Seattle. I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Frasier was in Seattle. Yes, it was. That's all I know about Seattle. And it's also where Starbucks is from. That's all I know about Seattle. Starbucks, Frasier, the rain, um... Lot, rains a lot. The rain. It rains a lot. Oh, yeah. okay. And the yeah. Seattle Sounders. Is that the f- a basketball team? It's a sports team. Don't remember what sport because I'm cool. Go, Go Sounders. Go Sounders. Go Sounders. Um, so Ricky says hi, pill hip and pee hair. Mmm. Interesting. Pill hip and pee hair. Pill, Must be a Seattle thing. <laughs> My neighbor now thinks that I'm deranged and it's entirely your fault. Good. Good. Uh, Good. We want people to come around because they're worried about you. (laughs) Yes. Let me explain, he says. That would be funny if it just ended there. (laughs) Every morning, I go for a run around my neighborhood while listening to Bud Pod. Very healthy, very good. Oh, we're being played on the streets of Seattle, Pierre. How exciting. Yes. And he's American, so he's running in a grey jumper. In a grey jumper, in a grid. Yes. He's running around the block. Yes, everything is in blocks. It's neat. 
grabbing a smart water at the bodega on the corner. (laughs) Now we're talking. Getting some uh, diarrhea pills from the CVS. Yes, the CVS and being um, harassed by the police. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Saying that in a sort of... In a sort of a wowy kind of way, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Being harassed by the police. police. <laughs> so he says, uh, normally I'm out just after sunrise, Oof, and there is nobody around to hear my insane cackling. Wow, what a go-getter Ricky is. Ricky is hoping for that big promotion. I'm always so impressed and heartened by people who listen to our podcast earlier in the day than either of us have ever been awake. <laughs> at, t- at times that you and I wouldn't recognize on a clock. <laughs> it's the only t- way you can actually hear our voices at that time of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Today, however, early morning <laughs> plans force me to run at lunchtime instead. This guy's got plans clashing with his early mornings. But he still has time to run. If I had one plan in the day, I'd use that as an excuse not to run yeah. again. Yeah. Um, so he says, instead, the streets were filled with judgmental onlookers. Throughout the run, it took ah. all my effort to keep from choking on stifled laughter. I had managed to pass off my massive grin as a general friendliness and optimism. That's funny. Just <laughs> running like, with a big smile. That would work in America only, I think. Yeah, for sure. Here, you're just increasing your chances of being stopped by the police. <laughs> yeah, ironically, yeah. That'd be the one thing they'd stop you for. <laughs> they say, hey, don't enjoy this as much, sir. And you'd go, sorry. You're arousing suspicion being so happy. It's public disorder. <laughs> Have a pint, for goodness sake. Um, so he's passing it off as general friendliness and optimism, and I was almost home. And then I heard barking. Like Phil, I do not like dogs, especially not loud ones. Mm. That'll be Eddie from Fraser's flat. Yeah. <laughs> if if you if I know my Seattle, and I think I do by now. <laughs> that will be the that dog. That sounds from like Frasier. Eddie. That sounds like yeah. Eddie. <laughs> especially not loud ones running at full speed towards me. I found myself running backwards, hands out to defend against my attacker. Now facing the dog's unsympathetic owner, an old lady who I did not know, despite her just living a block away. That's Seattle life for you, man. <laughs> none of them, none of us know each other in Seattle. <laughs> we're neighbors, but we're not a community. At precisely this moment, Pierre's voice said something hilarious about Greek oracles. I do not know what that was. <laughs> what an, what an on-brand like sentence in some ways. Yeah. Maybe it was the one where we were talking about oracles being like the VAR and refereeing. Oh man, I don't remember anything. It was the idea that you could use the oracle to see if it was a penalty or not. And you'd go to this like swirling naked girl and smoke. Like in 300. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe that was it. Sadly or maybe fortunately, this was not the I Fucked a Dog episode. Um, And distracted as I was by the ensuing attack, I broke into a howl of my own. My neighbor stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's being a mid-dog attack. He's laughing. Howling. Howling. Like a werewolf. My neighbor stared at me with a look of utter confusion as I laughed my head off, all the while being pursued by a still-barking dog. <laughs> so he's being chased around by a dog, just going, ah! 
<laughs> like Phil, don't make me say it. Like who? I'll, I was just about to say the Joker. <laughs> oh, it's a trap, and we walk into it with our arms open, smiling every time. So uh, once she had grudgingly recalled her dog, I stopped laughing long enough to apologize to the lady for what I do not know. Um, and slowly run off up a steep hill and out of sight. I blame the whole incident on the quality of your podcast, and I have included some tat for your enjoyment from my recent stay in an Airbnb, which, by the way, are brimming with the stuff. Koji, Ricky from Seattle. Thank you, Ricky from Seattle. Thank you. Yeah, Airbnbs are awash with tat. They're oh, yeah. Tat warehouses. Zero. So, Phil, this uh, piece of tat is called uh, Recipe for Love. Okay. Recipe for love. And then it's a list of the ingredients. <laughs> for love. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, Recipe yeah. for love. Ingredients. One cup a of... A cup of listening. Uh, is uh, the, is... A dash of smile. <laughs> and a sprinkling of fuck. <laughs> is that right? I, that would be a more honest reflection, I think. If there was a fuck sprinkle. What is it? <laughs> what are they? Uh, one cup of romance. <laughs> one pinch of humor, Phil. Only a pinch. Just a pinch. Don't take the piss. <laughs> Don't take the fucking piss. We've fucked this up, haven't we? we? I'd like to think that you and I both bring more than a pinch of humor. So maybe it's, that's more why it's, it's such an overwhelming flavor. It's like a grab. Yeah. It's like a fondle of humor, at least. <laughs> Two spoonfuls of joy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't have too much They haven't joy. specified tea or table. That's true. Spoons. Mm-hmm. That's mm. a recipe for trouble. Too much joy. It really is. Yeah. One you Because you can always add joy. You can't take it out. That's so just, true. <laughs> yes. Just you'd be careful. Yeah. Just jo- add joy to taste. <laughs> <laughs> One... One pound of compatibility. That's a lot. That's a lot of compatibility, but I guess, yeah, that's your starch. That's your rice, the compatibility. That's what you need the most of. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're acknowledging and that with a whole pound. It'll soak up the joy. It'll soak up the joy. Yeah. Um, if you cook it for long enough. Yeah. Uh, three, now it gets specific. Three tablespoons of trust. Three tablespoons of trust. Okay, so we must assume the the previous spoons were teaspoons. Then. Teaspoons of joy, just little teaspoons. Yeah, of it. a lot more trust than joy. Then. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but trust does burn off. Um. <laughs> so, so that might be it. That's trust true. does burn off at, 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 with enough heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. One cup of respect. <laughs> Yeah, they're really mixing up the measurements here. But yeah, one cup of respect. That's um, that's like a. That's. Yeah, that's a good amount of respect. That's, that's like the yeah. amount of wine I put in a bolognese. That's um a that's like a Rodney Dangerfield album, isn't it? I don't get no cups of respect. <laughs> All I want is one cup of respect. <laughs> and a pinch of humor. Um, <laughs> half a pound of sharing. <laughs> Half a pound of sharing. Okay, I guess you shared the pound with someone else by the sounds of it. Yeah. So there's two recipes that maybe 
half a pound of sharing. Mm. Um, one zest of tenderness. Oof, this is getting ridiculous. So you don't want real tenderness, just a skin. <laughs> yes. Also, it, it feels inappropriate to take something called tenderness and shave the skin off it. <laughs> that seems insane. Um, and then a, th- a three-quarter cup of patience. A three-quarter cup of patience. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard to provide after you've already used up all of your patience reading through this stupid fucking sign. And now you're going to have to wash out the respect from that cup first. <laughs> I mean, you better have a lot of cups. I don't know why Americans use cups yeah. for everything, as if there's one mega it's cup. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Reading an American recipe makes me want to cut my thumbs off. <laughs> oh, and then, well, you know... You have to yeah you'd have to cut your thumb off to create a thumb sized piece piece of thumb. <laughs> uh, I really cup. like that recipe. It's a good recipe, I like that Ricky. Recipe. It's a good recipe. It's classic that's BBC Good Food recipe for love. It's just reliable. Nothing too exciting or out there, but it works. It's also I mean, I don't want to be a pedant about this, Phil, but it's not really a recipe, is it? It's just the ingredients. There's no direction. It's just ingredients. You're right, you're right. It is just ingredients. Maybe it's like just a cocktail. Maybe it's just you pour it into a big bucket and you're done. I wouldn't um, I, I wouldn't want to point out the lack of direction to the... I'm imagining that all tat is written onto signs by one very stressed, balding, older man with a paintbrush. Mm. And he's just working in a frenzy. And you'd just be saying, "There's no. This is just the ingredients. There's no recipe." And he'd just be like, "I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> whisk it up with a whisk of love. I don't know. <laughs> just get it out. I get got it fifty out the more door. of these to do today. Come on. Just sell them for me. Just stick them on Airbnb. Go on there. Post about it. I don't know. Where do you buy this stuff? Actually, garden centers. <laughs> yeah. Garden centers and uh, Pinterest. Homeware stores. Places where um, you buy a big slow cooking pot, perhaps. 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 Uh, well, we, we, we need to go. We do need to go. That uh, I'm still... <sighs> Zest of tenderness is... Ugh. That's really... I really didn't yeah, like that's the that most sign. Unpleasant. I really didn't like it. It's <laughs> it's kind of hurt my brain a bit. But we do need to go, Phil. We need to go because uh, in order to fulfill our New Year's resolution, it's time to go to the members-only gymnasium of the Patreon. Yep, that's right. So get yourself a membership and join us, won't you, to make to build a better you for 2022. <laughs> yeah. See you in the steam room. See you there. To get it. Have a cold shower first, though. Yeah, please do. All right. See you in the bonus pod. See you in the bonus pod, next week. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.